Welcome to The Spin, coming to you live from lockdown. This is Conrad speaking and I'm joined today by Alexa and her tennis ball. Alexa is of course my dog and not someone else who scrounged up in lockdown. Michael and Kino are following President's orders and are safely ensconced at home and they will be joining us in spirit but not not in body today. Michael is busy prepping a fresh piece for us on what's happening in America so look out for that in our next episode. Today we're going to be covering COVID-19 because that's hip and happening and it seems like everyone's doing it, so we thought we might as well as well. Then we've got the Moody's downgrade for you. We've got the repo rate change. We've got the oil war, what that means, how it might be related to the petrol price decrease. And finally, we've got a bit of a an add-on to the oil war with Russia's gold buying spree coming to an end. So let's get started. Since we last spoke to you, coronavirus has taken over the world with over 2 billion people currently in lockdown. As of the time of recording, there are 886,000 cases with 44,200 deaths. South Africa has 1,353 cases and only five deaths so far. I say only five, that's five tragic deaths, but in, it's still a small amount compared to the worldwide amount. Overall, South Africans seem to be taking it quite well with several challenges being issued via Facebook, via Instagram, and do keep people busy and entertained whilst they are stuck at home. My personal favorite one is the fitness challenge. Not so much that I myself am doing any of the fitness things. It's just more that it's funny watching people try and do these things at home. I recently watched a video where a keen cyclist got so frustrated that he was unable to cycle. He took his bike, lay on his back, and then turned his bike upside down and tried to cycle like that. Needless to say, it didn't go very well for him. Let's have a look now at the Solidarity Fund. What is that and what can it do for South Africa? So the Solidarity Fund is a fund that was set up by the government to show solidarity. It's in the name for everyone in South Africa and to have a central point to raise funds to help support the fight against COVID. It will be focusing on healthcare and I read that recently they are looking at buying 5 million masks. The Patrice Motsepe Foundation, the Oppenheimer and Rupert families have each donated uh, 1 billion rand and they will be managing those funds themselves, whilst the government provided 150 million rand and as of the 30th of March, private sector has donated over 500 million rand. So this will focus primarily on healthcare, while several other funds have been set up to support small and medium enterprises. All right, that's enough on COVID. Let's have a look at the Moody's downgrade. So Moody's recently downgraded South Africa to sub-investment grade or junk status as it is commonly known. But what does this downgrade actually mean? It means that South Africa is debt, you know, in the government, it borrows money much as you would from a bank. It means that there's a higher chance that the South African government will be unable to repay that debt, meaning that there is a higher risk if you lend the money to them. As we mentioned in previous, previous podcasts, Moody's was the last investment agency behind, besides the SMP and Fitch to rate South Africa as an investment grade country. So with Moody's having downgraded South Africa, this means that we will be leaving the world government bond index. And this is estimated to have an effect of 1.5 to $8 billion of cash outflows going out of the country. 
What does this mean for the currency, for the RAND? The RAND is expected to weaken quite significantly, although being able to see exactly what the effect of the downgrade is on the currency is going to be quite tricky to, to see because the world has one or two other issues going on at the moment, which is creating a, a little bit of havoc in the stock markets and and in the foreign exchange markets. So, you know, they're, they're, it's difficult to see the exact effect of the Moody's downgrade. So you're probably thinking, all right, Conrad, that's all fine and well, but what do these agencies actually look at when they're deciding on whether to upgrade or downgrade a country? Well, they look at several things, but three of the primary things, well, the five primary factors that they look at are ease of doing business, corruption, and whether or not the country has strong institutions. We're talking about the Reserve Bank now, it's a nice way to tangent. We can look at the repo rate change, which is dropped by 100 bips, one percentage. And so it's dropped to 5.25 percentage. And the repo rate is the rate at which the commercial banks borrow money from the Reserve Bank. And this means that the prime rate has also dropped by 1%. So to get to the prime rate, you take the repo rate and you add 3.5%. And this will give you a prime rate of 8.75%. So this means if you want to borrow money and you are an excellent customer who always pays back your money on time and you've got an excellent credit history, it means that you're going to be paying 8.75% on your loan. And so this decrease is very much it's definitely needed at the moment start struggling citizens of south africa and it they have the room to do it now because relative to all the other countries such as america who's also dropped the interest rate it means that relative to those countries we are still as attractive even if we drop our interest rate the question is will it have an immediate effect no, probably not, because the the main thing of dropping the repo rate, besides easing the strain on people that currently have debt, is so that people are more incentivized to take out more debt. I apologize for the bird singing in the tree. It seems to have an opinion or two on what I'm saying. So back to where I was, will it have an immediate effect? So for the consumers in debt, yes, it will. And... But the key point for this is that it's to entice people to take out additional loans to, to use it to spur the economy. And in this current corona market, there's not too much of that going on. Personally, I don't think it will have an immediate effect, but it's definitely something that will help rekindle the economy once the corona wave passes. Now, moving on to the oil war. The world produces, or not the world, the, those countries in the world that have oil and export it, they produce over 28 million barrels of oil per day. Just think about that, 28 million barrels of oil every day. That is a staggering amount. And with the current coronavirus crisis having hit the world economy, I've got some strong terms that I could use there, but probably wouldn't be allowed to say. I was just say that it has hit the world economy quite hard. That means that demand for oil has significantly decreased. That means there has been too much supply of the oil. So there's too much oil going around. Russia and the OPEC countries, and I'll remind the, the listeners that the OPEC countries are a cartel primarily consisting of the Middle Eastern oil exporters, you know, with, with Nigeria and Venezuela, amongst others, also included. 
Um, the OPEC countries and Russia couldn't agree on a supply reduction so as to, to help support the price because uh, the less supply there is, that means that each barrel of oil becomes more valuable because there's now less of it being produced. And so Russia said, no, thank you. And they left the negotiating table and started a price war. And the current price of Brent crude, that's, that's the oil, or one, one of the types of oil, the main one, is at, at $23 per barrel, which is the lowest price in 17 years. Wow, this maybe has something to do with why the petrol price has dropped by two rand a liter, with the price of oil having decreased so much, it's, it's half since, more than half since its peak a few years ago. It's definitely, it's an additional help to, to the consumer, uh, the people of South Africa, but it's not particularly helpful for the rest of the lockdown because I don't know about you, but I don't see many people going and driving around too much. But you know, we mustn't, we mustn't count our chicks before they hatch. Maybe the price stays down long afterwards. And you know what? Petrol is seen as an essential service. So if, you, if you're keen to grab yourself some cheap petrol, now's the time. Although I'm not, a, I'm not suggesting you leave lockdown. Don't, don't quote me on that or use me as an excuse. Iraq has decided that they are also looking at joining the oil war with upping their production by 200,000 barrels a day. And thank you, Iraq, for your contribution um, of less than 1% of the world supply. But you know, they want to take part in the fun. One of the main candidates, Russia, has said that they can sustain current prices for six to 10 years. And that is, that's quite scary. But I must say, as someone who drives up and down from Cape Town to Joburg, quite often I'm excited at the, the, the continued decrease in petrol prices. My bank account will be a little, will be quite happy at um, Russia's saying that for six to 10 years, I can, I don't have to sweat too much at the petrol station. The reason Russia can, can hold these prices for so long is that they sell their, their oil in dollars and they pay in their local currency called the ruble. And the ruble has become weaker, much like the rand compared to the dollar, meaning that they get more local money per per oil barrel of oil that they sell, but their costs stay the same. So in essence, as the ruble weakens, they make more profit. Russia has also stopped buying gold. That was a very smooth tangent there. Russia has also stopped buying gold with their stockpile valued at over $120 billion. This is having doubled in the last five years. But why is Russia stopping their gold purchases? Well, I think $120 billion is a fair amount of gold to have in, in stashed under the bed. With the gold price currently at a close to a record high, there's definitely an argument saying that they don't need any more. It's a good good security for them to have, have the gold gold in reserve. But also now might be a good time for them to start to start selling that gold and and get that, as Kino would say, that good, good money. Everyone needs that good, good money at this point. So what have we covered today? We've had a look at COVID-19 as we have had in the previous four episodes. It just doesn't seem to want to go away. We've had a look at the Moody's downgrade, what it means for South Africa, what it means for you, and what it means for the economy. We then had a bit of a tangent to the repo rate 
going down to 5.25% and prime rate to 8.75. We then looked at the oil war, the effect of it on the petrol price. We looked at how long Russia said it can hold out. And we have then, we then looked at Russia's gold supply or gold, yeah, at Russia's gold supply. MJ will be joining us through a pre-recorded recording in the next episode outlining what it is that is going on in America and how that might affect you. Hope you enjoyed this episode and stay sane, stay safe and stay classy, South Africa.